Welcome to another episode of Consider This. I'm in the studio today with Justin Ebert and Ryan Vincent. And we're going to be talking about some stuff that's going to be done here at Sunnybrook in the fall. We've got an um, an added emphasis, an underlining, a putting in italics on what it means to be the church, what the church is, and what our uh, relationships to one another and to God uh, really look like. Um, the series and this podcast is really meant to be uh, not just informational, but inspirational. Uh, the church is an incredible gift from God, and I pray this podcast is something that would bring you some encouragement too. Okay, I have a question for you guys. What would make you leave Sunnybrook? <laughs> what would make you leave Sunnybrook? <laughs> Bad eldership. I, I would say, well, I'll say this. Theological changes or uh, a willingness to start like giving up on deep and I believe central commitments from like the guys I trust and I think lead this church very, very well. If that, if those, if that group of dudes just starts to go sideways, I'm like, I, I can't do this. I, it would, it would be, I can't work here and I can't worship here. I'm not worried about that happening, but that would be, that would be it for sure. I will take a more spiritual approach. No, a similar spiritual approach. Cause that was a very spiritual answer. So I don't mean more. Um, the Holy Spirit. Like, I do believe in calling. Yep. And I do believe that, like, the Holy Spirit may choose to lead me or somebody else. And not just, I'm not talking about ministers, but I think it is a good thing for us to follow the leading of the Spirit. And so I can see the Holy Spirit, nothing against Sunnybrook, nothing against mm. the eldership or what's kind of going on there. But, you know, sometimes we, we just think about the quote unquote the negative right and I, in, my, in my mind went exactly where Ryan's went <laughs> and I thought okay I gotta come up with another one <laughs> um, so that's my first thing right okay I'm leaving what's wrong mm-hmm. but you know it might be I'm leaving what's right mm-hmm. and it could be yeah I'm, I'm called to go um, I, it's, it's weird <clears throat> so I know this isn't even the point of this podcast but I have never thought so much about missions mm-hmm. and maybe because I'm just praying a lot for like two particular kids and, and I, I'm in the middle of a class right now and my in my in my education, that's on that's on mission on missions. I've never thought so much, and I've never wondered wonder what my life would be like if Andrew and I had not been missionaries to America, but had been missionaries to another part of the world. So, you know, now so we were missionaries since we, according to uh, according to um, Dr. Taylor, mm-hmm. Bill Taylor, his definition of mission. okay, if you had to be bivocational in missions or ministry, like there, you know, we can't afford to have full-time ministers what would be your your, your primary hustle, tent making your primary hustle your primary hustle <laughs> as you you make money so you can do what you really want to do which is preach and disciple people okay i got i got two okay um walmart like okay. f- a greeter okay <laughs> at, the, at walmart saying hi to people or um I'd love to do something like uh, like day trading or something like yeah. that in the in the stock market yeah. or something like that. Those would be those would be the two things that I have at least an interest in. 
Oh, I mean, the natural answer is to go back to architecture, but I don't think it would allow me to be truly bivocational. It takes too much time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't even know what. I, that's why I tell people all the time. I don't know what I'm good at anymore. <laughs> I figured this out. I don't think I have other skills. I don't have two skills. <laughs> I'd have to. I think I could be a professional librarian. That's I think a, I would crush would be it great. at you being would, a librarian. You He'd get angry at me for being loud. Shh. Although Ryan. I. Shh. Although Brian. I say that I probably have the most mismanaged bookshelves <laughs> in the staff. It drives me insane, and I'm not even like an OCD person, but it really bothers me. Jim, what are we talking about? So we're t- we're talking about the the need and the importance and the the, the emphasis. Uh, we're going to be underlining the concept of being a part of the church and what the church is, um, and uh, it's got a lot of implications, right? It's got some deep biblical roots. It's got some very practical application. Um, and then it also gets really, really personal, right? It really does get personal. It's interesting that, uh, you know, we, 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 we talk about quite regularly, hey, who are we seeing or not seeing around here? Who are we seeing and not seeing at church? Um, and then when you, when you try to reach out to them, by far and away, the majority of people are like, hey, thanks for reaching out. But I often feel like they're like, hey, I'm sorry, I was... I was visiting my mom. Like, why? <laughs> Sorry, I missed a Sunday. And it's yeah. usually not a, a you know a one Sunday kind of a thing. But you know that just shows our our love and our commitment. And and it's so interesting because I don't think it's just our love and our commitment to to others, but it's our love and our commitment to God and therefore to others, and just kind of even seeing the need, you know, um, in ministry. And so let's 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 just talk about this. There's some things that we're going to be doing this fall. There's going to be um, a, a seven-week sermon series. So do either of you want to tell a little bit more about that in terms of like what that sermon series is going to be? Yeah. I mean, we're going to be trying to look at the scriptures, particularly in the New Testament, and what does it describe the church to be? So it's a little bit of an aspiration. Like, this is what Jesus created, what yeah. he died for, what he established. Yep. And these are the images that are used, and how do those Im- images impact the way we actually do church, the way we relate to each other, in particular, mm-hmm. like, run the church, the kind of fancy fancy word of ecclesiology and practical ecclesiology here at Sunnybrook in Stillwater, Oklahoma in 2021. And hopefully renewing our vows almost is kind yeah. of the way I've been yep, thinking yep, about yep. it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, a lot of people get married, and after a few years they want to— renew their love for each other. Not that something happened, but just we want to finish well. Yeah. And let's be reminded of who we are and what it is we're going to do and how mm-hmm. we're going to relate to each other. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember wanting to marry Andrea. I remember being afraid she was going to say no. I remember being so excited. And then I remember just doing life for a long time. And not that there haven't been moments of excitement, but it's good to, to go, hey, why did I want to do this? And what does it mean to be this? And and the church can be one of those, can be one of those things. Ryan, you want to take a shot at any of the kind of the give a bit of a teaser in terms of some of the specific topics that we're going to talk about? Yeah, we um this actually this isn't born of this, but it, it definitely kind of I think pushed us in this direction. 4 or 5 years ago, Drew Moss and I were actually sitting down writing the handouts for our kind of new membership class, which we hadn't really been doing up until then. And the very first uh, lesson was in order to define membership, we needed to define the church. Yeah. And so we went through the church is not a worship service. It's more than that. The church is not a a club. It's not where there's like voluntary membership as long as you pay your dues or tithes and offerings. Um, and the the church is not like a, a community outreach center. It's so much more than that. And we realized, well, we, well, how do we define the church? And we just started listing off all of these images the New yep. Testament had. Well, yep. 
The Bible describes the church as a body. and The Bible des- describes the church as... Um, as a flock, the Bible describes the church as um, a house, as all, all these things. As so, a bride, as, as a bride, yep, yep. probably the, the, maybe even primarily as bride, um, as a family, all these things. So, that's what we're going to be doing this this uh, this during this series. We're going to be talking about well, what does it mean that like what what are the implications for us today yeah. that we are called the bride of Christ or the body of Christ? Or a holy temple; those have those have wide-ranging implications. So that's those are the kinds of things we're going to be going after. And I think the cool part about this is that it's not just a matter of, uh, and these are your obligations. Although we're not afraid to talk about obligations, but I love the fact that what we have in Christ is not just a matter of I got to go do this, but by the goodness of God and by the grace of God, I receive this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, talk a little bit about some of those great joyful type benefits that maybe some people are missing um, because they're not maybe as as connected as they should be or whatever. And so it's not a matter of, you know, church attendance is mandatory for those who are members, but... The first one that comes to mind is body in terms of especially our kind of collective ability to do this together. I think privilege to do this together is... um, I was actually just having this conversation with a lady this morning who's about to go to the mission field. It's going to be really cool. And I was talking to her about the you don't want to you don't want to ever isolate yourself from believers who are um, either a, a little bit different in their thinking from you, but even more so in their gifting. I said, like, I get to do what I get to do, and I get to do it, I think, better because Justin's not like me or Jim's not like me, although we're three fairly similar people. But like I, I look at the giftings, and, and I, I even talked about the what I learned in my years of working alongside Diane Brown. Yeah, like she and I are just wired up differently, and it took me a while to understand. But that was for both of our benefit, and so I think that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about when we come to the body uh, sermon. I don't remember where that is in the series of sermons, but how how much we actually need each other. Like I I need. Are you a pinky toe? I don't know. You, I could be. Maybe the big toe. The big toe. The one that gets stubbed a lot. I yes. Think, I, need, I need the big toe uh, if I'm the, the toe next to that or if I'm the foot, right? And so we're going to be I – think, I think that's going to be a fun way to talk about not only how to do ministry yep. together, yep. Yep. but how to sit and worship next to people and, and really, I think, maybe even get us toward a good and proper definition of diversity in the church yeah. that has a lot less to do with skin color. Yeah. I think yeah, you know you, so many more things. You use the the word obligation, like you, being part of the church and somebody who really is infatuated by the scriptures and really desires to live according to them because I believe they're God's word and authoritative. Like I know the obligations and I need to be reminded of the obligations, but truly, like I lo- I long for and I desire and I love to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I I do think uh, that the family imagery is so good for me because I have a good family. Even yeah. my wife has a good family. And yet I believe what Jesus said of those who do the will of God are truly my family. I believe that. And I live like that. Like the majority of the time that I spend is with the people I consider my family in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoy that. I don't just do yeah. it because I have to. Yep, yep. I truly love being with, with you all and with our staff and our elders and the people that we get to 
serve alongside here in Stillwater. Like I, I find joy in that and I find peace in the unity and the bond that we have. And all of that is an overflow of who God is and what he's done and what he's established. And so that's kind of what we want to do is like yeah. truly hold yep. up yep. like what Celebrate. this can be. Yep. And yep. it, yeah, some of it is like, Hey, let's re- be reminded after this, after this weird season we've had, and we know we're going to be continuing to face more and more pressure. So we want to know who's in, like, yeah. we want to be very clear who's in, who's part of this, knowing what you know now, knowing what you've been through, knowing what's probably coming, who is with us. Yeah. And this is what we're going to be. This is who we are. How do you think this is really going to benefit us as a church in terms of, you know, we, we can't deny the fact we just came through a, a season of disconnectedness and a season of online services and a season of um, wearing masks, only seeing half of your face. Um, so there's all these things that have happened. And now we've been kind of in a somewhat of a, of a back to normal ish for the last few months. So what, what are some ways in which our people can practically be blessed and challenged and, uh, and strengthened from, from this, th- these seven weeks? Well, I mean, I think just uh, the idea that reminders are necessary. Oftentimes we can function as if once we've learned something, we've yeah. learned it. Yep. Yep. But it's I, what, it's what, when I hear people say things like, yeah, we've got the discipleship stuff down. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like we don't say that about anything else. We don't say, oh, your kid already knows how to play soccer. And so they don't need to go again. Mm-hmm. Or your kid already knows how to play baseball, you know? And so you don't need to go again. We don't treat other avenues of life yeah. the same way we treat matters of, of spirituality, which I think says there's like either a, a, a bias or maybe not a bias against, but at least a once a, and done factor. Yeah. A like little I'm bit good. of a once and done thing. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting. That's how I can usually tell I'm doing something wrong is when I treat my relationship with God as different from my other relationships. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, but like, I think, I think, you know, I've, I've joked recently, you know, I'm in this season of my life where I have enough people that I know that are getting married, that I just feel like I'm going to wedding after wedding after wedding. And I've been joking for a number of years that I've gone to so many weddings now, I'm not attending anymore unless I have to be there because I'm officiating. <laughs> um, but that's not really true because even as I'm an attending yeah. a wedding yep. Yep. or yep. if I'm writing a sermon for a wedding, what it does, yeah, I'm thinking about Hope and Dakota as I'm getting ready to, to, to marry them. But I promise when I'm in my office typing out that wedding sermon, I'm thinking a lot more about Rachel and I. Yeah. And it's just this reminder yep. of these lofty ideals that. Rachel and I will in this in this December have been committed to and constantly committing ourselves to for 15 years. Yeah. And so I think that this is why I don't I don't know that we, we don't need to talk about church membership every single Sunday. But it does it, it can't be something where you join Sunday Brook Christian Church in 1997 and we never come back to it. Yeah. You know? Yep. I think about the clarity that I hope it brings for a lot of people. Um, for those who maybe have just been here for a while or who are new, who have just kind of been going and coming, and then maybe all of a sudden there's a situation that arises and we feel like we need to address it as either a discipleship piece or as out of tough love type of piece, and it seems unexpected. Like, why, why do you feel like you need to speak about my life at all? Yep. Like you, don't you do the preaching? I come, and then we kind of go our separate yep, we ways. Yeah, go separate ways. But actually, the clarity of like, no, that's not how we see this. We actually do see this as a family, and in a in a healthy family, yep, you yep. you deal with things as they come up, mm-hmm. with truth and love, kind of going together, never opposed to each other, never one without the other, and that will flesh itself out uniquely. And so, 
I, I think it will hopefully bring us a lot of clarity again to see who's in, who's with us. If you don't want to be part of this, like this is the expectation we have toward each other yep. and yep. the opportunity we have. Again, yep. Yep. we're not saying just obligation, but truly the, the opportunity you have to be with family, to, to do life alongside those who are going yeah. the same direction as you. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, whether in parenting or even as you're in your workplace, <clears throat> one of the most critical things is that there are a clear set of expectations that are out there. And so if I have, as lead pastor here at Sunnybrook, expectation A, we're all going to be in the office by 8 o'clock. Um, and then without me telling anybody, I just kind of walked around the hall and I just began to deduct you for whatever it is, points or dollars or whatever it is, right, for not being in at 8 o'clock. I can imagine a number of you going, okay, what's the, what's the, I don't even understand what you're talking about. Why are we doing this? Like, What's where the conversion this? of yeah. Shroot Bucks yes, to exactly. Stanley well, Nichols? That, that, would be, that would be Moss's, Moss's <laughs> answer to it. But, I mean, honestly, it's like there's nothing wrong with that expectation. I, I think you guys might ask, okay, so why are we doing this? And I would say, here's why we're doing this. And I think a lot of you would go, fine, I'm an early morning riser. I think this is great. So we could, I could get everybody on board with something mm. like that. But don't just come out of nowhere with that. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can feel like that to people in terms of, uh, of, of mission, or even it can seem like that for mission drift, mm. um, as we kind of ebb back and forth as societal things change, and then we have a certain degree of expectation, um, or we read the biblical text differently. And so the one going back to the clarity thing, I think it's really, really good to say, hey, like we all believe the Bible is authoritative. And not just on the parts that where 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 Jesus is 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 what we would consider to be compassionate and loving and sweet, but also where Jesus is is demanding a judge and judging justly and critical, and so we can't just pick and choose the yeah. the Jesus that we want, or we can't just pick and choose the family that we want. Yeah. And so, I had I remember my boys leaving for college, and I just I said I need you to know some clear expectations that we have. You're still a part of this family. And my, my boys have a tendency to when they, they don't have any problem, you know, leaving and cleaving in, in another direction. Mm-hmm. They've always been very independent. They're usually crossing borders. Yes, exactly. They're doing it from international dates or time, time zones. But um, I wanted them to realize that they were still part of this family. And especially while we're, mom and I are helping mom and I are helping them through their college funding, mm-hmm. if all I ever get a call from you is, hey, I need something, and I don't ever get a call on, hey, uh, just wanted to let you know how I'm doing. Like, that's not part of the family. And so we had familial expectations for our kids. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to hold them accountable. I better let them know what I expect. Yeah. And I and that, it's not even always a bad thing. It's It can sometimes be like a real blessing or a good thing. Sometimes we only think of expectations or obligations as bad. But sure. no, here's the good news. Like, I'm obligated to help pay for my son's college. Like, they never complained about that. They never went, oh, I hate obligations. <laughs> They're like, no, I like obligations. <laughs> and, and, and truly, the joy is that we have that kind of loving obligation yeah. to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think it's good. I think it'll even be good for us as a leadership to, to be reminded of the obligations that we have to, to care for our people or to literally remember that we are also one of our people. Mm-hmm. I'm not just a pastor. I'm also just a member here at yeah. Sunnybook like everybody else, and I love it. I think through the different reasons why different people have left over the years. So we've got people that just move yep. and that's, there's not the job for them here and still yep. they've got to yep. go. Yep. And there's a host of others. Yep. And think through, I, I think about so many faces cause these aren't just random stories. These are people we love yep. and know and yep. care about yep. and have cried with and yep. Yep. laughed with yep. and been frustrated with mutually. I think a series like this can really help um, give 
give words to some of the thoughts and feelings many people have had. Like, why don't you all do this? Yeah. Or why do you do this this way instead of the way that I think sure. it should be done? Sure. Or why don't you teach this? Or why don't you guys seem to speak on this? Um, and hopefully some of that where, you know, we talk a lot about if this isn't the church for you, please let us help you find another one because we know yeah. there's other ones out there. Yeah. It just may not be this one. Yeah. And so for some people who don't know what questions to ask or maybe they have these thoughts or these uh, feelings or frustrations that they don't yeah. know how to articulate, yeah. Yeah. maybe it will be a clarity in that sense yeah. of, yeah, thank you so much for being clear about who you are. Sure. That's not who we are. Yeah. It's not the direct, and that's not what we're like looking for at yeah. all. Yeah. Like we truly, we wish you would stay. Yeah. But that's the, that's the clarity piece too. I mean, the part that I really enjoy about that is sometimes it can be really, really helpful. I mean, I always remember somebody that said, you know what I miss? I miss doing the Lord's prayer every Sunday. Why don't you do that? So sometimes when we think about the, you know, why don't you do that? They're like offended or they're upset. And I'm right. like, no, like I would argue 94, Five, 96% of the people that are asking those genuine questions are things where we come back and go, hey, guys, why aren't we doing that? Like, why why don't we have... I remember people asking, like, why don't we do special things for Advent? And at the time, it was like, well, that's not who we are, and but it's who we are now. Mm-hmm. And so, I, 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 in a way, I've been kind of listening to that. And we and you have too. So, you know, we, we have been listening um, in that sense. And not just listening to people, but I think listening to the Spirit, listening to the Spirit of our times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, and that's to be a very small S and actually a, not a good spirit. Yeah. But, you know, but so we've got our cultural, all these things, and they, and they all coincide together. And so sometimes we often think only in the negative. And, and a lot of those types of questions that people are asking are also in the, in the, in the positive. So what are some of the things that we're going to be doing this fall um, that are going to kind of highlight some of the exciting things? So, Well, uh, I think... One thing that I'm really looking forward to is we're having a big baptismal celebration event, um, which I, I look forward to that because baptisms are awesome. But when we did it a few years ago, it was just, I love baptisms in the sanctuary. I'm, I've confessed openly here. I play a little game where I am always the first one in the sanctuary to clap. I, I have not <laughs> lost in years. Okay. <laughs> there we go. I'm going to literally. Wait, they're still talking. As, they haven't gone into okay, the no, water yet. Okay, wait, stop. So here's the question. When is, when is the, like, because I no, just. The, their I nose has to come back up out of the water. Now, if you are doing the baptizing, you better not drop them back in and start clapping. How long can you hold them under in good conscience? Well, honestly, here's the problem, right, is that we care so much about baptism, I'd never want to turn that into a mockery, so I can't do that. But that being said, we also function. I didn't realize we were in a competition. (laughs) Yeah, so I love I always always hate finding out I'm in a competition when I didn't know. (laughs) Um, I mean, not even close to competing. Well, um, I love... I love baptisms in the sanctuary, but when we did 28 or whatever they were the last yeah, time. I think it was even more than that, but yeah, it was we pretty awesome. We did something awesome. in the 30s. It's just, it's like watching 30 mini sermons. Yeah. I, don't, I yeah. don't know. It just, it ministers to the soul. And in our case, it connects so deeply and so naturally to one of the key components of our DNA here at Sunnybrook, which yeah. is um, a celebration of the spirit moving in someone's life and in them. They're submitting in, yeah. com- in baptism. Yeah. We're also do the we're gonna do the membership matters class. We're gonna be the church mm-hmm. kind of formal few hours where we're going to go into some of the nuts and bolts of what this looks like on the Saturdays in August. Mm-hmm. So even people who consider themselves members and have been for a while, hey, we're gonna go through. It's a little bit like going through 
marital counseling yeah. again. Yeah. You know, yeah. And because, of, and not because you're in crisis, oh. but because I really want to have a better marriage. Right. No, Deb yeah. and I loved our time with you guys when you were doing our premarital. Yeah. That was so yeah. fun, like yeah. hard and good, yeah. and we yeah. laughed and we yeah. cried yeah. and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it helped train us for for uh, for marriage. And then we thought, man. Can we just keep doing this after? Because we, I think we'll need it once we're doing it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. Like, hey, let's let's. If you think you're at a six in your marriage, don't you want to be a seven? Yeah. How can yeah. we go from six to seven? I'd, I'd love to be more engaged with my wife. I'd love to be more on the same page. I'd love to be more sacrificial, more Christ-like. I'd love to do what I can. So that's the four August Saturdays. We're going to be having those classes, and it's really um, kind of for for everybody. It's mm-hmm. it's to help everybody kind of see what. What what it uh, what it means to be part of the church, yep. um, and you know we're going to have like stuff we're going to be giving out this Sunday about that, and uh, basically wanting people to sign up. And I've been really encouraging with some of the people that I've been talking to about this kind of ahead of the, ahead of schedule and telling them it is also going to be a good time to kind of get a sense of some people that you may not know that you may yeah. not even be able to to worship with on a regular basis. So we're going to be doing that in the gym and really trying to. Try, trying to trying to create a yeah. an atmosphere of this is who the family is. So that's mm-hmm. why we want to really challenge you to consider one of those Saturdays in August. Dedication of the building. Yep. <clears throat> so we're going to be dedicating uh, the building, and we're looking forward to that. Even though um, we've been using it for a while, and we're really grateful for that. If we could pick, we'd love to be in it uh, as soon as we possibly can. And the Lord kind of created that opportunity, yep. and so we've been doing that. But now everything's getting wrapped up here in the next week or so, and we're looking Woo. forward to. Yeah, we're we, looking forward to celebrating we that. We just got an updated schedule from the builder that they look like they're going to pour the last bit of concrete next week. Boom. And the big service event. We're going to try to do an all-church ser- all yeah. service. Yeah, thing. so there's a big all-church service event. You know, we've done houses in the back uh, in, in, in the past. We've, we've done a, we built as many as I think we did three one year. Um, uh, that's a little more complicated right now for a number of different reasons, uh, not just the price of lumber, but even um, just kind of where to put the, put the houses. The houses we've built in the past have had a spot to go to, and, and there's been a bit of a backlog. But we've got, a, I think, something in the works that we're going to be doing where it's going to be definitely not. It'll be for Sunnybrook in the sense that we will be for someone else. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be one of those um, service slash, slash mission opportunity um, that I'm really looking forward to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you looking forward to? Like, you've been here how long now? Uh, eighteen. So I, I started my eighteenth. Yeah. You've been as excited about this series as oh yeah. In, not that like you're not excited no, to yeah. some, but you've been really looking forward to this just in the way you talk about it. Why are you so excited about it? Um, again, a lot of the words that you guys just said, clarity, and um, I have been so blessed by the church. Um, you know, my, my call to ministry really had a lot to do with the fact that. God reached down into an unbelieving family in uh, a very unbelieving context and brought my parents to faith in Christ. And I've only known the church. And it's been, in a very real sense, the only family I've ever really had. And so it's always meant so much to me. And so I've never understood like people that were um, unnecessarily critical of it which means they have a different standard for the church than they do for everybody else. Because I'm, I'm fine with being critical. I mean, I think I can be very critical of the church when it makes mistakes too. Um, but I don't understand that. And my, and my dad always taught me to be very, very careful about how I spoke about my brothers and sisters. Um, and yet, if it was true, it was no problem here, you know, no problem saying it, but be very careful how you speak about that. So I've got this love for the church. I've got this appreciation for the church. Um, I see it in others, right? So, you know, there's a few of us in this studio right now 
and I know what it's done to you. So I'm okay. I'm not crazy. Like it's not just me. Like I've seen how you guys are as sold out or more sold out than I am. And so I'm going, okay, so I'm not crazy. It's not like I'm the only one in love with strawberry ice cream and I don't understand what's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's like, I see so many people, um, you know, and we've been going into people's homes the last few weeks, just trying to make sure that they're okay. And we're connecting with them. And, and without, without exception right now, people are like, I'm so grateful for what this church has done and for what you as a staff have done. And it's just, okay, I'm not crazy, you know, mm -hmm. and I want, I want people to experience that. And I know there's people that are out there that are not, mm -hmm. that are lonely or disconnected. And I don't want to make them to feel like bad about being disconnected. I just want them to connect whatever mm -hmm. we got to do to get there. I just want you to experience what it means to be, and then just run through the metaphors, uh, a beloved bride, um, a cherished family, um, part of the flock that the shepherd came after the one, you know, I mean, all those things. I, I'm really excited about the, the the proclamation of that. I'm really excited about the celebration mm -hmm. of that. I'm really excited about the clarity that comes from that. Um, so yeah, there's lots that I'm really, yeah. really you know, excited about. I think I mean, I've gone into this deep dive lately uh, in terms of what I've been reading on the, the, the changing, shifting winds of culture, particularly in the West, particularly in the United States, and just how abundantly clear it's becoming that this is not a Christian nation and perhaps has never been, uh, depending on how you want to yeah. kind of yeah. word it. But I just think that as the church is going to continue to become the social minority, um, it's going to become more and more important for us to have a very clear vision of who we are. Yeah. 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 Um, because there's just going to be a lot of pressure on us to capitulate and to to bend the knee to mm -hmm. to social or cultural norms um and that's going to be hard but it would be all but impossible if we don't really understand who we are yeah yeah yep, so i'm looking yep. forward to both the series and then the the membership classes for those reasons i just want people to want what I know that they need, you know? <laughs> and that's what's that's so well hard. That's well-worded, actually. I really do like that. I, I want, want people, people to want, want that I know that they need. And some people don't even know they need it, and yeah. so that's why we preach to them. Yep. But then there's people that kind of get it or even would agree to it on paper, but just live like they don't want it. Because if you go for what you want, you do. Yeah. That's what we do. We go for the things we love. We go for the things that we long for. That's where we spend our time and energy and money. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what else out there is worth more of that than the church. Yeah. The church is worth it. Jesus is better. The Bible is true and the church is worth it. And yeah. I think I want to want it more and I want the people I love to want it more. Yeah. The only way you don't really get a sense of God's like design for community and a love of community and just the, the way that he is um, uh, in, in both his word and then in, in ourselves, like this dependence this interdependence, whatever word you want to use to, to, to describe this need that we have that you're describing. Um, you, you don't read the Bible and kind of walk away with an individualistic approach to this, yeah. a, um, uh, a quick spiritual laws and principles that I can use for my own personal benefit. It's like nowhere does it give you like an inch of that. Nope. Um, and so you almost have to like pick and choose the Bible <clears throat> or almost close your eyes while you're reading most of it because, um, and that's, I think one of the big problems about reading it, like just as a verse of the day, um, uh, it's a tip of the day. It's, it's not the same thing as, um, 
you know, some kind of a, uh, not even a fable, but what I mean, you know what I'm talking about, those, those guys that have like these, these uh, inspirational quotes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of, if you treat your Bible like that, then, then I think you're really missing out on the way it has all been intended to, mm-hmm. to kind of weave mm-hmm. together. How, so How much do you think that we, we kind of lapse into this? Uh, say, say, say I'm very faithful uh, to, to read my Bible uh, on my own with great frequency. How tempting do you think it is for us and for our people to to lapse into this? My time in Scripture is that's Jesus and me, and I and I and I keep I keep reading. I mean, this is where the, the English almost kills us because how many times in like Paul's epistles is he talking to you? And I read that as me when really it's could plural. Be, it could be translated yeah. y'all, y'all, <laughs> yeah. uh, all y'all, all y'all, Ewans. Um you know, and so in that sense, we can even read a beautiful letter like Ephesians, which is a corporate letter, and it becomes very individualistic in our engagement. Well, I made a comment in a sermon a few weeks ago, and I had a number of people say that it really, really hit them when I said, um, I've, been, I've been talking, we've been talking to a lot of people over the last year and asking how they're doing. And there are a lot of our people, I would even say the majority of them may have some frustrations, but I would say the majority of them said, you know, this time has been good in a sense. And they'd, they'd have a positive that they would want to mention. I've had a number of people say that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I could tell, and, and so my comment in my sermon was, I just want you to know, I'm glad that you had that experience. That's not everybody's experience. And so um, even though Andrea and I, if I could say, yeah, hey, I want you to know, like I know a lot of people were suffering around us, but we were doing great. <laughs> like there's something broken with that mentality. Um, and so how do we make sure that we not only can – uh, can celebrate and enjoy the good things that happen even in the midst of hard times, but do it with our eyes open where we're recognizing that the Bible was meant for more, that my life was meant for more, that my marriage was meant for more, my family was meant for more, you know, those around me, um, both on mission and in community. Mm. And I think those things need to be need to be brought together. Mm. Any last thoughts, Justin? No, I'm excited about the, the time and probably a lot of you listening to this are not Sunnybrook folks, but you benefit from the conversations yep. I benefit from too. Uh, so it's not a like, Hey, you should come to Sunnybrook now, but truly like outside of the consider this, we put our sermons on there and consider what it means to be part of the church yeah. and engage with that in your context. Mm-hmm. So for you, Sunnybrookers, this is going to be a natural, but even those, those who aren't truly let this be an inspirational time to re-engage, to recommit to the body that Christ established with his yeah. death and resurrection. I'm so grateful, you know, I don't know if my dad even listens to this, but I'm so grateful. I'll call him today and tell him this. I'm so grateful. My dad and mom, and they went through some difficult church experiences, but my mom and dad never had to go to a great church to love the church. Mm. They never had to do that. I don't even mm. know if they would know how to think about That's that. That's good. Like they just, it, it's, I think they looked at their, at the, their church as kind of like their kids. Uh, they were the ones that the Lord had given them, and they just loved them, mm-hmm. you know? That's and not how we think. That's, that's not, not how, how we think. We often think, like, it's really hard to love my church because my church isn't this or that. And I'm just I'm, I'm kind of putting these pieces together. Like, I never heard my parents speak negatively about that, even though they would at times say, you know what, I wish, and you know what. But my parents kind of, I guess they, they just kind of always were grateful for the body of Christ um, and even the, even the difficult ones. Um, and, and my dad would always point out, "Hey, you don't think we're difficult?" <laughs> and so he was so quick to point that out to us, right? You don't think you don't think you don't think we're hard to love? 
And um, I, I just, I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful because I know a lot of other people that have gone through difficult things. And I mean, I, I, w- I would almost go toe to toe with anybody on, on, on difficult church experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet my parents' response was always never head in the sand. It was unbelievably real. And we spent a lot of time crying, but my dad was always gracious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And in that sense, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And I, I hope that you experience that. And if you've had bad experiences with church, and I, I hope that you will experience more and that you will stick with it. And just like a difficult brother or a difficult sister or a difficult parent, um, that you will love and be loved and all those things. So hope this has uh, been an encouragement to you. And uh, we're going to be starting this just coming up in a matter of weeks. Until then, God bless you.